Griner Auto Body of Washington, Iowa, using state-of-the-art techniques and decades of experience to get your car back on the road after an accident. And Car Doctor of Washington, Iowa. No matter who Frankensteined it, they can fix and clean and customize it. Present Round Guy Radio, Southeast Iowa Today. I'm John Bain, author of Christie's Journey, The Beat Goes On, and your host. On today's episode, I'm visiting with Washington County Emergency Communications Center 911 Supervisor Kara Sorrells. National Public Safety Telecommunications Week is April 9th through 15th. Each year, the telecommunications personnel in the public safety community are honored for their hard work and dedication, and we continue that today. Today, I am sitting in the EOC of the Washington County Emergency Communications Center, and EOC stands for Emergency Operations Center, and I'm with 911 Supervisor Kara Sorrells, and it's great to be here this week because it's National Public Safety Telecommunicators Week, and that's April 9th through the 15th. Every year, the telecommunications personnel in the public safety community are honored for their hard work and dedication. And Kara, you gave me an extremely wonderful tour of this facility. Thank you for that, first of all, and also thanks for being on Southeast Iowa today. Well, thank you very much for having me. You're quite welcome. Um, congratulations on National Telecommunicators Week, and thank you for what you do and what folks like uh, uh, Sandy to, and is it Melanie. Melanie do in the uh, in the 911 center. Uh, folks, if you have never been here, it's it's incredible. When I first walked in here to the EOC, and Kara, you were showing me the different, uh, uh, just the different uh, ways that you guys ac- access communication. You lowered a screen from the ceiling, and there were like ten different uh, shots up there. There was a screen over here with cameras, and basically, when things happen, this is kind of the room where the folks that get into emergency mode meet correctly is that correct yes that's correct this is if there's a big disaster or there's an emergency or we're making a plan for whatever ragbri or whatever event is coming up this is where we do the planning the recovery the you know the debriefing after a big stressful event uh, all the leaders all the decision makers public safety ems fire cities they all come in here and this is where they they do their magic yeah, I mean, it, to me, I, I, it looked like a movie set at first, I'm, but it's the real deal, and it's very impressive. Yeah, this is this is one of the most, uh, other than the 911 floor, uh, technology-driven rooms in the building. That way people can bring their laptops, their phones, they plug into the floor boxes, they can put different things on the different screens, and they can work through the emergency or the disaster. And this building is state-of-the-art. I mean, it basically, I think if you told me correctly, and correct me if I'm wrong, you guys moved into this building in November of 21? That sounds right. We've been in here a couple of years now, and so it's, so it's still new to us, and it, it's, uh, it was built for this purpose, um, and we commend the Board of Supervisors for getting this done, and it means a lot to communications and emergency management to have this here. Oh, I, it, you can just tell. And, you know, I was so impressed with the size of uh, the population of Washington County. I think you said it was around 23,000 or so. And you told, and I asked, do other counties this size have this kind of facility? And you said a lot of them do. Mm-hmm. Well, there's still some out there that don't, but, but a lot of them do, which just really 
surprise me. And, you know, we, we spend a lot of money as taxpayers and sometimes we don't know what it goes for and stuff. But from what I've seen on this, this is a, a great expenditure, a great way to uh, spend tax dollars. It is. If nothing, you have to dot all the I's and cross all the T's when it comes to public safety. Um, when we moved into this building, it was about a two-day event in I think we had a total of 11 different phone vendors or different layers of phones that went into just getting business phones and 911 phones and wireless 911 and wireline 911 just in here to have it answered properly. So there's a lot of behind-the-scenes things that take place as your phone call is being answered. There truly is. And let's focus on that a little bit because of the fact that it's a a National Public Safety Telecommunicators Week. We were actually in the room where uh, the folks communicate with the public when there's an emergency. Can you tell uh, Southeast Iowa Today listeners a little bit more of what all I saw that I wouldn't explain correctly and and, uh, what goes on in there and the amount of training that the individuals that work those jobs, uh, go through to be able to do their job properly? Sure, sure. It, yeah, they're, they're, the, they're the behind the scenes, so you don't really think about them. They answer the phone, and then you see the people that show up, but nobody shows up unless someone answers the phone. So um, what happens is I have 14 total people that work here for me. Uh, 11 are full-time, 3 are part-time. Um, and each of them went through anywhere from a four- to six-month training process just to learn all of the technology in there, um, learn the call-taking skills, the call standards, and the protocols just to be able to answer the calls. I also mentioned they're emergency medical dispatchers, so they have to go through a course that teaches them how to give pre-arrival instructions because they are the first people on the scene. And if they don't ask the right questions and they don't send the right people, there's a delay and things don't go right. So um, as it is right now, we have teams of two that work 24 hours a day, 365 days a a year. Um, And one person will answer your call. Their partner will also be on the call because they can monitor. And let's say it's a 911 call about a traffic accident. Um, some people may think that the person on the phone is asking them a lot of questions. And they're like, well, just send some help. Why are you asking me all these questions? The partner has already heard all the information about the location. So once they verify your location and what is wrong and how many injuries is a roadway blocked, then they get off the phone and they page everybody that needs to be there. So it's kind of seamless behind the scenes. And uh Plus, another reason they might want to ask a few other questions is to make sure they send the right help. That's right. That's right. They need to ask other questions. Is anyone trapped? If someone's trapped, they need a rescue unit. Um, Is the roadway blocked? Then they need some tow trucks. Um, What if somebody's ejected? They need to know that. I mean, there's all, you know, what if there's eight people in the two different cars? They need more ambulances. So that's why they're getting more information to pass on to responders and know who to send. When we were in there and Melanie and Sandy were working, I observed that there was on this uh, clear, like looked like plexiglass type uh, panel that was above their monitors that lit up. Once they were, gr- sometimes they were green, other times they were red. And um, tell tell people what that is. Okay. Well, they have on headsets and they're they're operating by headset. What that is called is status lighting. Uh, If they answer a phone call, it turns blue. If they're transmitting on the radio, it turns red. If they're receiving radio traffic, it turns green. Um, So there's different colors associated with their different tasks. 
And that way, if I or an officer or the sheriff or whoever walks in there, you know, they may not be talking to us. They may be busy. They may be on the radio. So that lets everybody know what they're doing. And in addition to all of that, I lost count. I think there were at least eight monitors at each desk. And I think you pointed out to me there were at least three. They had three mouse uh uh, devices on their desk, and they have something that they control with their foot as well. What, what was that? Okay, well, they have eight different screens. They have three different keyboards, three different mice. Um, they have three different ways they can transmit on the radio or answer the phone. Um, they have a push-to-talk button that they can put on their waist or that they can put around their neck. Um, they have a mouse that they can use to talk on the radio, or they have a foot pedal. So whatever they're most comfortable with, they can use that to transmit. So, folks, picture in your mind from your your younger years, at least when my younger years, and it'd probably be some of you are too young, you've never seen this, but those cartoons where you had the the guy where he's playing a harmonica and tapping the drums with, beating the drums with his foot and, and playing a violin and all this stuff at the same time, they are actually doing that with, uh, with a lot of uh, uh, telecommunications and uh, high-tech equipment. They are. It is definitely a high multitask position. Um, so everybody in here, one of their key things they can do is they can multitask. Um, so, you know, somebody may be on the phone and on the radio at the same time. Somebody may be paging the fire departments at the same time. Uh, so yeah, they have to be able to do lots of different things at once. Now, if it's a young person who might be listening to this conversation today, and this might be a line of work they would like to get into, what would you recommend as like a prerequisite as far as training to get them even involved to maybe someday be trained to do this type of work? Any type of communication skills are a plus. Any type of communications or language type classes, um, anything that they can do to get better at taking notes. Maybe they're taking tests in high school, your note taking, your, that thing is because you have to have all the details. You don't want to lose any details in this. Everything has to be logged. Um, everything's a court record. Um, so anything they can do to do that and hone their communication skills would be a plus. Wow. It's just incredible. And, you know, we talked about this, too, in, uh, during the tour. The folks that work here are the first first responders. Uh, they're responding first to any emergency or situation that is that is uh, brought in that eventually a police officer or an ambulance driver or a, uh, a fireman uh, will eventually be dealing with. These people are dealing with it first, and uh, you know, God bless them. I mean, it's a job that I don't think a lot of people could do. I mean, just watching everything that goes on there, and they, the the ladies that I saw in there today, just did it seamlessly and flawlessly, and it was second or first nature to them. It was, um, and that comes with experience. And I know that uh, you had said they they've been here for quite a while, but just it's amazing to me. Um, you know, like I said, it takes a special person to do this job. And you're also hearing things that, you know, a lot of people, when things go on at work, they can leave it at work. And and that's not always the case here, is it? No, it, it isn't. Um, this is an exciting job. It can also be a sad job. It can be a depressing job. Um, one of the things that they like is that they're helping people. And the second thing I would say is because it's a roller coaster. You never know when the phone rings what it's going to be. Just because it's 911 doesn't mean it's an emergency. That might be somebody with a vehicle on lock or a dog barking. Uh, but you might answer a regular line. That might be a real emergency. You just never know. And they, 
like I said, they work seamlessly together. Most of those teams in there don't even talk to each other. I mean, they, if, I mean, they talk. But if they get into an emergency, they just start doing things, and they know each other's cues, and the one will say, I've got this, the other one's got this, and they just work, like you say, together as one. And how fortunate are the citizens of Washington County to have people like that? Oh, very fortunate. Uh, we have such a great staff. Uh, Sandy, who you met in there earlier, um, we were talking about preparing, you know, and working through these emergencies and different protocols that we have. And I'm going to tell you a story about her, and it's nothing that we taught her. There's not a protocol for it. But Sandy is a past Telecommunicator of the Year winner. And what she did was she had a call from someone who was having a medical emergency in a vehicle traveling on the road. The caller was the passenger. The driver actually had a medical emergency and went unconscious. And they're traveling on 218, you know, they're doing about 65 miles an hour. And the caller thought they were going to crash. They were going to crash, there was going to be an accident. And she didn't miss a beat. She told that caller, I want you to reach over. I want you to shift into neutral. I want you to try to crawl over and put your foot on the pedal and slow down and come off to the side, stop the vehicle, and I'm going to send you some help. And it worked perfect. And there is something that could have been a disaster. And it's, I mean, that's just what they do on a daily basis. And she did a great job. She was a calming voice in a very uncalm situation, and she she helped basically probably saved two people's lives right. in that if scenario. Not more, yeah. that, I mean, he could have rolled and hit another vehicle. Or it, was, it was awesome. Very true. That, yeah. That's incredible. You know, so it's, it's, we, have, we have in southeast yeah. Iowa and right here in Washington County, we've got real-life, everyday heroes. And, you know, you see people, the actors on television that portray this, and I think in a lot of ways they do a good job, but a lot of times people sitting at home watching a television show might think, oh, well, that's just kind of a little exaggerated or this or that. But no, it's not. It, it, this stuff happens in real life. And fortunately, we've got people that uh, help us through that. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. that's true. They're trained for anything. I mean, it can be from the mundane to a plane crash. Um, there are murders. There are suicides. There are domestics. There are all kinds of things. Officers Officers get assaulted. They are there to deal with everything and keep everybody safe. Well, from what I can tell, they sure do a great job of it. (laughs) They do. They do. They're very dedicated um, during the last tornado. I'll use that as as an example. Most people are taking cover. Um, I have people calling in here just showing up ready to work because they know that, you know, the phones are just going to explode. We need to set off sirens and we need to help. So they're very dedicated. Can you tell us how... How interconnected throughout the county this building is? It's very interconnected. People don't realize how much uh, we communicate, how much we use all the resources. Um, If there is an emergency, uh, we're going to call out fire. We're going to call EMS. We're going to call the emergency management coordinator. We're going to call secondary roads for the county. We're going to call the city, uh, city works maintenance if we need barricades. We may call a dog catcher. What if there's an accident and there's a dog in the car? We may call pause and more. We may call public health. Um, And we have contacts for everybody. um, And we'll call them and we'll get that record. We'll get that, you know, secondary roads person. We'll get whoever there. And we're all part of the big emergency service picture. And everybody's willing to help and everybody will pitch in. It's incredible. And another thing that was really neat that um, you showed me on the tour uh, 
they have booklets in there for it seemed like just a a list of different medical situations and emergencies and they've they've got this booklet and they can flip like pregnancy and they flip to it and there's step-by-step procedures and I'm sure they've already read hundreds of times but it's there to help them as well it's just it's incredible the resources that they have at their fingertips yeah because they are the first first responder we want them to be able to turn to whatever whether it's a a stabbing or whether it's a someone's in childbirth or a CPR or whatever we want them to be able to start them on the path to you know helping before the ambulance or anybody ever gets there well, I am talking with 911 supervisor for the Washington County Emergency Communications Center, Kara Sorrells, and this is National Public Safety Telecommunicators Week, and that's April 9th through the 15th, and uh, just having a great conversation. And uh, Kara, can you um, tell me, one of the things you told me, the innovations that are always happening with the technology, one of the new things that's going to be coming up at some time is the ability to have FaceTime video 911 calls. Can you share some of that information with us? Yes, that that is already um, a reality in, I would say, three or four different uh, 911 centers around the state, and they've done it electively. Um, eventually, we will all have it, um, just like we all have text to 911 if no one's uh, familiar with that. You can text 911, and we tell people, call if you can, text if you can't. Um, so that would be maybe you're at home, someone's breaking into your house, you hide in the basement, you hide in a closet, maybe there's a domestic abuse situation, you hide in the bedroom. We tell them text text if you need to do that. But the next thing is going to be live FaceTime video from uh, their, your caller, which could be good and can be bad. You can get a lot of information from that. You can see exactly, you can be right there on scene instead of hearing it. But it's going to add another level of stress to actually see it, whereas before all we have to do is hear it. So, um, But, you know, they're going to get a lot of good stuff. If it's a domestic, they may be able to see some things that, you know, give them some clues about, you know, what the suspect was wearing, what they left in, those kinds of things. Um, If it's an accident, somebody hit me and took off, maybe you'll see a license plate, maybe you'll see a car description. So it'll be an advantage, also be a little bit of extra yeah, I bet. So now I I was thinking about this while you were explaining it, and I'm thinking, well, every time a phone call comes in, it gets recorded. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to assume you're going to have a giant server that's going to record all video that comes in, too. Yes, that's correct. We'll have to have something to retain that information. We'll have to be able to retrieve that information for the courts. Um, and we do have that for text to 911, so we will have to do that. Do you ever wonder the more technology that we have and the more that we can see and all that and you think about big brother and all of this stuff where is that line yeah i don't know i don't know where that line is i keep saying that nothing surprises me anymore as far as you know we you, we get 911 calls now from your watch you know if you if you fall down if you trip if there's a different yeah. i mean you'll get a 911 call activation from somebody's watch or from somebody's device or I, I don't know where it will ever end, mm-hmm. and I don't know. I just know for us, we're here to help. You know, we're not going to use that for any kind of nefarious purposes. We're just here to get you the right help. Right. So basically, if you're if you're not breaking a law, it's not really ever an issue. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah it's just for that. And that's and- pretty much every step of your day in your life. That's right. That <laughs> is correct. Um, and. 
you know, to their credit, if they clue in on something, they hear a noise in the background or, you know, maybe they get a phone call, nobody's there and they have an indication that maybe somebody is down and they can't speak or something's going on, they're going to send you some help just just to check. Yeah. You know, and that that like gets me thinking too. It's like they the operators are so in tune t- to listen. And now you're going to give them the visual aspects. Does that affect their listening ability or will that enhance their listening ability? It's something I think that someone who's done the listening longer, that may be an interesting situation to observe. Yeah, it it may be. I hadn't thought about that, but yes, it would be. It's kind of like when we transitioned from having one dispatcher to two, one person was used to doing everything. And then when you put the two in there, you know, then they have to have a division of duties and make sure somebody is actually doing what they used to do, all of it independently. So right. it's, it'll be a transition. It will. And it'll, and it'll be here sooner than later. It will be here. It will, I would say within the next one to two years, we'll definitely probably have it here. That's amazing. Well, Kara, was there anything I should have asked you that I didn't ask you about either the uh, Emergency Communication Center or the National Public Safety Telecommunicators Week? No. Um, I, I just wanted to mention that when we walked through this building, I showed you how this was a parallel project with our new radio system. Um, we're very fortunate to have that new radio system in place. Um, we had some significant damage during this tornado up in the Wellman area, and the radio stayed up. They worked. Um, it was overwhelming. We had a lot of people talking on the radio. We had a lot of stuff going on, but everything radio-wise worked, and we're very fortunate that the city, uh, the cities and the county and everybody made an investment in this, in public safety, so that, you know, we can't do our jobs without this and without everyone's help, and we sure appreciate everybody. Well, speaking of appreciating everybody, I appreciate you, what you do for the county and for the citizens of Washington County and what the other folks that work here do as well, as well as the the first responders out in the field, the sheriff's department, the fire departments, and ambulance services. Thank you to all of you, and you really deserve this recognition this week. Thank you very much, and, and it's nice that we're, we're a great team. I mean, instead of running away from stuff, everybody runs to stuff, so it I, I appreciate everybody, and I appreciate you doing this to, to honor these dedicated people. It's my pleasure. Thank you. That was Washington County Emergency Communications Center 911 Supervisor Kara Sorrells as we celebrate National Public Safety Telecommunications Week, April 9th through 15th, on this episode of Southeast Iowa Today, presented by Griner Auto Body of Washington, Iowa, using state-of-the-art techniques and decades of experience to get your car back on the road after an accident, and Car Doctor of Washington, Iowa. No matter who Frankensteined it, they can fix and clean and customize it. I'm your host, John Bain, on behalf of Round Guy Radio. Stay friendly, Southeast Iowa.